Sean Neese, and for this episode, I'm going to play you a conversation I had with Rachel Navarro, who is an actress, singer, songwriter, and film director from the Bronx, New York. But more recently, she's been focused on music the most, and she has a project called Leave a Scar. I would call her style dark electronic in some cases, but also she does a bit of rapping on some tracks too. And uh, aside from talking about her music, we also get into an interesting chat about anxiety and performing and how performing has changed since COVID. I've known Rachel a while. I met her doing background work when I used to do a lot of background work on TV shows and movies. And we stayed in touch and I, I had her on my show two other times before this. I won't give too much more away. Here's the conversation and I hope you enjoy it. Hello. How you been? How's it going? Good. Long time no see. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last time I talked to you was, uh, I don't know, a few years ago. Like definitely before the COVID and all it that. It was, yeah, it was a couple of years ago. But uh, the, the last two times we talked, uh, the first time I think you were talking about acting more. And then the second time you were talking about uh, a film that you were in and also directed. And now you're doing more. I think you were doing a bit of music last time, but now you're you're doing more music with the project. Leave a Scar, Mm -hmm. you called it. Yeah, but I think I I remember using that name like a while back, too. But I think now that became like your your music project name. So what's the story with that? So Leave a Scar is kind of, it's a name that at first I was thinking and sitting down and writing different monikers that I would want to go by and everything was kind of forced or already taken. But Leave a Scar just came to me when I was folding laundry. And I thought that was cool. It made me think, you know, you want to leave a mark on this world. No, I want to leave a scar. Like I want something permanent. I personally think scars are beautiful. I got a lot on my body. So uh, it went perfectly with um, my persona and the kind of music that I make. Yeah, and your your poetry uh, Instagram is also leave a poem. So that's been kind of something I guess you've stuck with since you came up with that name. Yeah, it's a cool thing that I could play with. And I, I could be as creative as I want to. Like right now I'm exploring making merch and I'm thinking of you know more fun ways uh, I could play around with you know leave a blank leave a this leave a that so I like the flexibility in the name and the possibilities that you know I could play around with. So what's made you uh, gravitate more towards music recently because it seems like that's your main thing you're pursuing right now? Yeah so when we last spoke, I remember it was maybe a couple of months into me pursuing music, Sean, like, oh, yeah. like you were getting me when I had been to the studio maybe three or four times. 
which uh, was, you know, at my very most excited self, I guess, before, you know, I had to really roll up my sleeves. But it was, it, it's still cool that, you know, I got to, you got to see that side. But honestly, the, this year, I had completely different plans, as did everyone else. <laughs> and the, it's just turned into, well, I live in a home where there's a studio and I'm just writing music. And it's kind of helped me realize that currently my passion and my focus is on music as opposed to acting right now or filmmaking. Um, but it's cool because still with my music videos, I can still use what I learned by being on screen, by acting, and by directing. You know, I'm still a filmmaker. I still storyboard and visions and whatnot. Yeah, and I, th I think you mentioned that you, uh, I think you mentioned when you did the interview with me, and then I saw you from that clip you did uh, another interview on another show recently. Um, you said that music is different in the way that you're not playing, you're not, you don't have a role to hide behind. It's just you putting you out there, kind of. Yeah, so of course, when I perform, I'm always faking a little bit of confidence because I'm just naturally anxious. And um, I've, at this point, I accept it and I get it. But yes, you can be completely yourself and you could be so raw and share, you know, all your dirty details, almost in a judgment-free way, <laughs> because music could be about absolutely anything under the sun. So yeah, I mean, lately my music is a little more fun and positive, and that's just because it's what my world needs right now, more positivity. And um, I'm, I'm just happy that I could make that and put it out there and, you know, some people actually, actually enjoy it. Yeah, I know you're taking a lot of different uh, influences with your music. Like you rap in some songs and then you do more electronic. And then I know one you did, there was like a jazz music and you kind of did a monologue over it mm -hmm. and kind of like a jazzy, like beat kind of way. So uh, what, what, what are your influences like for your sound? Like what, what, what would you say, uh, I guess, how would you describe like your theme and everything and like what you're going for with it? Sure, um, I would currently put it as electronic hip hop. It's, I love dirty drops and heavy basses. So that's where the, you know, the, the dubstep influences and the, the house influence. I love house music. Um, that's where that derives from. And when I'm making a beat, I tend to just go more towards electronic beats right now. And as far as I, I grew up listening to um, a lot of rap, a lot of, I grew up listening to actually, I would listen and sneak, but like Lil Wayne and, um, and artists like that. And I've, I'm realizing more how much they've influenced me now that I didn't realize before because I gravitate more towards, towards writing raps as opposed to writing ballads and, you know, big singy songs. And the song Torture, what was that like influenced by? Because I know that had like a darker kind of feel to it. It was like yeah. more like darker electronic. So sure. So probably two of my big biggest influences are FKA Twigs. 
and she's becoming much more mainstream now, which is fabulous because she's an incredible artist, very innovative. And she experiments with a lot of, it's kind of like her voice is isolated and then there's music. And then another influence is Sevdaliza and she's an Iranian Dutch singer. And her music is also, it's, it's dark and it's haunting. So I had just come off from listening to them for a while that day. And then I started making music and I was alone in the studio and I just started playing around with different sounds and definitely whatever I make that night, it's probably fresh in my head from something I've been listening to and heavily vibing with. So I would say both of their, their bodies of work um, influence the song Torture. So it's kind of, uh, you kind of take influences from other songs and then put your own take on a similar idea? Is that what you're okay. saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm so proud to be influenced by who I'm influenced by. I also really love Lady Gaga. Um, she is, she's probably the biggest mainstream artist I'm influenced by. Um, she's just very bold and she's not afraid and I don't think she's ever been afraid to be herself. And I feel myself coming more into my, you know, who I really want to be as an artist, being brave, not being afraid to dress a certain way or say a certain thing, because that's what I want my legacy to be, just leaving um, an outstanding impression on anyone who consumes my music, whether you hate it or love it, you remember it. So um, yeah, I'm, in, I'm influenced by a, a lot of people. I love Amy Winehouse. She was very different. I think almost every artist, to be honest, is is influenced by her. I I don't think I've met an artist who isn't influenced by her. Um, Billie Eilish is doing her own thing right now, and it's really cool. I like Lord. I like I love Banks. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of females. I'm influenced by a lot of females, and I would say probably a lot of male and female rappers also so it's a it's a big mix you know yeah yeah you yeah. probably would like a zola jesus you should look oh up. my gosh is oh, it so yeah. yeah no um there's this beautiful song that she's done um i think actually she also has a patreon account so i think i found out about her because she did an interview on patreon.com and i was like who is this yeah she has this kind of um is it kind of like folk music? Like uh, she, She's done like a wide range. She started with like goth kind of music and some of it kind of gave me like an old school kind of like like a little bit of old school kind of punk and then in like industrial music was like another style. And then she also does like more kind of poppy uh, music. She does a wide, she has an interesting sound. She does like a wide range. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's cool. I thought it was, Um, I mean, I don't know. I call her Zola Jesus, but... Maybe, maybe that was probably that was probably right. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, she's she's great too. Um, someone I, who I took a singing class with sang one of her songs, um, but I, I couldn't tell you anything by name. I don't want to pretend that I know. <laughs> but yeah, she from what I remember, she's dope. Yeah, and you, and so you have like a visual, uh, like you do like a you've done like a couple music videos for your songs. So so I guess like there's like a visual. Thing that goes along with the music is it kind of like a performance art that goes with it too or yeah um 
I describe my aesthetic as spooky meets bougie because I like darker stuff, edgy stuff, spooky. But then I also like being glammed up, you know, the gloves, the hair, the makeup. That's fun for me. But I also like being a little, you know, it's not so much about how glamorous can I look. It's just how interesting can I look. So with the, with the videos I have done, I, I need to complete a song first and then I rock to it and I listen to it at the gym and whatnot. And this happens with any song. I'm sure you listen to music and you imagine you start to visualize certain things, you know, you visualize a story that's happening. So I visualize, it comes to me, I'll write it down. I'm really big on Pinterest. Like I love making mood boards on Pinterest. I would highly recommend it to anyone who's a filmmaker, a visual artist. Um, and I make my mood board and it's like, this is the color palette I want. This is how I want the cast to, how I want the cast to look and whatnot. And it really helped when I did it for my Here Comes Mommy music video because it was fully animated. So I couldn't go to my animator because we were in like the peak of Corona. I couldn't go to him and say, hey, do this, do this, do that. I had to send him, you know, I want the, the house to be Victorian and I want it to be three stories, you know, tall and, and whatnot. So yeah, definitely visualize it, but also put it on a piece of paper make a little storyboard, get your color palette um, set in stone. And um, yeah, then eventually it's gonna come together. Yeah, and I guess, I guess that's a common thing, like having to work with uh, other artists to get your vision across. Like sometimes you need a little bit of other people's creativity too, I guess. Like yeah. when you said, the animator, everything. Yeah, so shout out to Darren. His company is Sugar, Sugar Pink Car Studios. And he's been animating, I don't know, maybe for a couple of years now. I've known him since college. Um, but yeah, what I do, is, I used to be a little hesitant. Oh, um, maybe they could ask to work with me first, you know, a little timid. But now if I want to work with someone, I shoot them a DM. I'm like, yo, let's do it. I dig your work. And, you know, they thankfully are receptive and they want to work with me. So how did you get into uh, performing? Like performing music or? Yeah, like, like what, what, what drove you in the first place to like be a creator and uh, everything? Sure, so uh, I, I did a play in 2016, uh, damn, I did it four years ago. And it was at the New Yorkian Poets Cafe and I had to sing on stage and by no means had I, did I have any voice training and I told the director like I I don't think I could do it but you know as a as any good director would say she's like yeah but you're going to like we're gonna get through this we're gonna prepare you so I did a little singing on stage and I happened to just be around the whole cast where were these women with beautiful voices like stunning voices and I met a woman, um, you've interviewed her, I met Rue. Yeah. <laughs> so the rest is kind of history. Like we chatted and she told me that she, she te teaches guitar and vocal lessons. And I just, I took it as just a now or never situation. And she just 
it's kind of sad that I almost needed permission to start pursuing music, but she kind of gave me the permission. Yes, Rachel, let's write a song. Let's do this and that. And ever since then, I was like, damn, I really want to do this. And I just, I just kept on. Yeah, and Rue and has kind of like a rockabilly influence, or so like old school punk influence. That's like her main thing. I know she's played at Otto's Shrunken Head. Uh-huh. There. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Rue is a rock star. Rue is a badass. Um, she, like, again, see, like, she influences me, and you could see she's someone, like, you see her, and you know who she is, and you know that she knows who she is, and she's just an incredible woman. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, she's very, yeah, like, uh, like, edgy rock, and that, that, I think even, if if I dare say, like maybe you could hear some of her influence um, in my in at least my "Here Comes Mommy" song, you know she has that attitude. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, like I had that fun, carefree, silly kind of campy attitude. So, what inspires your your lyrical themes? Okay, so. If I'm hearing a beat, I'm just going to write along the lines of how the beat made me feel. So when AOA, my producer, he was making the beat, I was like, this kind of makes me feel uncomfortable like this. If I heard this late at night, I'd be creeped out. So I started writing, um, you know, something like mommy's asleep. She wants to, you know, I don't want to creep, whatever it was. And yeah, I just went along with it. So the beat always gives kind of cues to the mood. But quite honestly, you could write whatever you want. You know, it could be a sad song. And if you're thinking happy thoughts because of it, for some reason, just be inspired by the beat, feel the beat. But um, if I'm just going through something... I'll just write it down. I don't need any music. I just want to jot down something. Um, so I guess I'm influenced and inspired by just every, everything in life. And if there is a beat presented to me, I'm, I'm going to go with how it's making me feel and the message that I, I want to send with it. So is write about, what do you write about with your poetry usually differ from what you write about in your music? My poetry is really dark right now. It's really, it's kind of a nod to my most depressed days, those, my, my darkest thoughts. Um, I find it so beautiful, though, to write something so dark, because when I read it now, because a good amount of them I wrote a good amount of those poems I wrote in 2017, 2018, when I was probably at a really low low. Well, definitely not probably. Um, but I love, I love, again, like I could just be so raw and honest with my words and it's empowering in some crazy way. And for some reason, I'm still shocked when someone is like, damn, Rachel, that's so relatable. Because of course, we all go through pain, but when someone actually tells you, like, I relate to that specifically, that specific thing you're talking about, it's, uh, it reassures you that, that you're not just embarrassing yourself by putting it out there. 
Yeah, my poetry is, is darker. I don't know. I, I kind of, whenever I write poetry, it, it just naturally is darker than when I write music, which is, I don't know. I don't know why that is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, I guess it's, uh, yeah, if you think if someone's going through something, then it's like, sometimes it's nice to like, read somebody else who like, read something that kind of captures, like what's always been something like you felt and thought, but you didn't know other people felt the same way. And yeah. then you can just relate to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would see poems. I love there's a lot of Instagram poets, uh, or just poets on Instagram. And I don't follow too many anymore, to be honest with you, but I used to just see them write something. And it's, just, it's, it's the same thing with music. You're just like, damn, that's totally relatable. But that's, that's pretty amazing. So has it gotten easier with uh, putting yourself out there like without a character? Or like, was that, was that hard to get used to that um, and get more comfortable with that than it was with being comfortable performing as a character in a play? Yeah, um, I think the path, this is why you shouldn't really question your path too much because if I probably started doing music first, I might have been way less prepared for it because being on stage in front of people and playing pretend gave me a lot of confidence. And again, like you sometimes have to fake the confidence, that's okay, but um, the years and years of doing theater and doing film just helped me be more bold in front of people. So then when it was time to actually perform music, I felt secure enough in my skin to be myself, but then to be like this higher, more elevated version of myself and to not feel embarrassed because at the end of the day, you're putting on a show. And also at the end of the day, not every, no one's thinking about you the way you're thinking about yourself. Um, so acting you to think about themselves. Yeah, like, like, they, yeah, exactly. I mean, even if I did something goofy, yeah, maybe they'll tell their friend about it the next day, but they're not gonna. Next time they see me, you, you're the, you're the girl that you know slipped or whatever. Like, <laughs> oh, it's not, it's not as traumatizing as a, uh, as I think our anxiety could make us feel sometimes. And yeah, it's cool to like as I just grow up to realize that more and more. Um, but yeah, long as, uh, to answer your question, um, yeah, acting has definitely helped make me more confident and comfortable in front of the, on stage or when I'm in the booth. I think the, the one of the first songs you did, like a few years, the last time I talked to you was like, you said it was about like dealing with anxiety and uh, social anxiety and stuff like that. Is that mm -hmm. still, what you write about a lot or is it has it changed since then so again i would say my poetry kind of caters towards that the darker side of me or you know you know what i mean by darker um like the more it caters towards my struggles more right now i do have some sad sad songs that i've written they're just not out yet because right now i'm just again not feeling like putting out more sadness in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, right now it's just, I'm, I'm not really writing too many sad songs. Um, if I really wanted to sit down and write about the things that, you know, keep me up at night, sure I can, but I usually just kind of write it 
and then I go to sleep and when I'm I'm like okay let's make a poem today I don't know right now that's just what I'm doing I'm turning them into poetry but I'm sure I'll turn turn something into music that song about anxiety which was called atmosphere um I'm not streaming it anymore but uh, it still means a lot to me and <laughs> I was happy to put it out there and again someone a couple of people after hearing it were like damn I found that really relatable like that's how I feel and yeah I still have anxiety it not being in my house since March has helped me. It's helped and it hasn't helped because, you know, I'm not socializing in person half as much as I used to. So it's nice to have that break. But just the other day I was working and I had to make small talk with someone and, you know, the alarms are going off in my head. You're not that interesting <laughs> about me, me about myself that I'm not yeah. that interesting, you know, like, why, why would this person want to talk to you? And I don't know. It's so negative. Again, I'm just learning to deal with that. And at the end of the day, they're living their own life. They they really don't give a damn about me. So I'm just learning to shrug it off, shake it off. I think, I think that that's uh, like a lot of people who get into performing and being creative and stuff like that, like anxiety or, or, or other things similar to that, you know, uh, yeah. kind of drive them to create in a way. Like, yeah, it's yeah. definitely been that way for me with like a lot of the stuff I do. So, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of cliche to be a tortured artist, but most humans, if not all, feel pain, feel stress, feel worried about the future. So I think if you're an artist, you're probably just someone who is feeling this so strongly that this is your way of getting it out. You know, you're writing books, you're writing, you know, you're creating a show about it. It's, I think probably most artists have, have problems. <laughs> like, <laughs> because most humans have problems. I think the artists are just the ones that are brave enough to paint the picture of the problem. And then it, 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 it's a, it's more universal than they might think. So yeah, it's kind of sad, especially most comedians have depression, like like bad, hard depression. But what do they do? They turn it into making tons of people laugh. I think that's so beautiful. Honestly, I pro that's I think being a comedian <laughs> is probably like the bravest form of artwork because <laughs> also you're yeah. gonna get it's the biggest risk taking in my opinion when it comes to the performing arts but you know that's just a side note yeah <laughs> it, well in the toughest crowds usually like if, sometimes like if you if you if you bomb or you're not funny then i can have the yeah you the, will get eaten alive especially today will this particular crowd of people find what i'm saying funny or offensive and to me i i I, I laugh at pretty much anything. I'm just like, you're joking. It's all good. Like, you're not, you know? So, yeah, I just, I support comedians. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've done, like, uh, improv comedy. I haven't, I haven't tried uh, stand-up yet, but, oh. I, but I definitely think that would be, like, the roughest thing to try. I've done spoken word. Like, I know you've done spoken word, yeah. too. Yeah. How did you like improv? It, it's really cool. It gets you to think on your feet, kind of, like, not think too much when you're doing a scene and um 
yeah, it helps with like doing the interviews yeah. and it helps with uh, regular acting too. Cause uh, I was still doing some um, uh, like acting in short films and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, Cause I, I did improv goodness, like, like almost four years ago and yeah, that's probably the, 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 my second most respected form of <laughs> art. But no, improv to me, because in everyday life, right now, we are improvising a conversation. We are not reading off the script. Like every day of your life, you are improvising. I don't care how organized your day is, your actions are improvised. Your thoughts and words are improvised. So, um, oh my goodness, I'm so sad one of the UCBs, if not both, closed down. Because oh, they did? The yeah. I know the one that moved from Hell's Kitchen to, oh no, it moved to Hell's Kitchen. I don't know if that one closed down, but I happened to go like in February, like right before it closed down. And I was just like, I'm so happy I went. Yeah, I saw the, uh, the uh, I think it was the Ass Hat show it's called. I think that's like a format. Oh yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I always watch, I mean, I love stand-up, but I don't know. There's something about improv that brings me so much joy, but that's something that I'd rather be in the audience for. I don't yeah. think I'm, I'm cut out for that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I had a lot of fun. I was doing it like a, a team on Sundays at uh, the triple crown theater, like before this pandemic. Oh, yeah. oh I should have seen that. You probably yeah. invited me. Oh yeah. I think I sent like an invite. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Yeah, but I, but I think I think it makes sense that improv would help with uh, anxiety, like with performing or anything else, because I yeah. think a lot of anxiety comes from being over analytical, and at least, and at least from like my my experience, that's where a lot of my uh, social anxiety or, or overthinking uh, any kind of like performance or any any way I'm putting myself out there, and I think improv teaches you kind of just to go with what feels right and not overthink it and just do and I think that's a thing that you can apply to all areas of life and it certainly helps with anxiety too because I think that, like I said I think that comes from overthinking. So. Mm -hmm. Well yes it's true I mean what do they teach in improv like if you don't know what to do great like that's the ideal thing you shouldn't have anything planned out because it's improv and yeah, that part of it definitely helped, but um, I mean, I'm glad it helped you with your anxiety. I think I probably stayed the same anxiety-wise, but the weird thing about being anxious all the time, it's almost weirdly narcissistic because it's, it's kind of like you see yourself as the spotlight is on you and everyone's looking at me and everyone's judging me. It's like, why? Why are they, why is everyone so interested in me? Oh, they're not. So when I think of it that way, not to, you know, push down anyone who has anxiety, but when I think of it that way, like, I realize I'm kind of being self-centered, like, let me take it easy. And that helps me just be more chill about it and just let, you know, let the, let the, everything just fall where it may kind of a thing. Yeah, I definitely agree that, that it's, because uh, I realize like, you know, I'm making it like the same, like you said, like, I'm thinking, like, I realize if I'm anxious or, like, think about how people are judging me, I'm, I'm viewing the world as if it revolved around me, and I, I almost wonder if that kind of ties in with the, you know, I, I want to be out there with the show I'm doing, I want to be out there with, you know, whatever other projects I'm doing, so, like, I want to kind of get people's attention with what I'm doing, so 
then maybe that kind of is tied to thinking everybody's focused on me. Well, that's true. Yeah, if you're a performer, at the end of the day, at some point, you want all eyes to be on you. So yeah, that that actually makes a lot of sense as far as you know that complex is concerned. But it's a weird balance because I could get so nervous performing, but being the center of attention when I'm performing. Like, I don't want it on any old day when I'm just trying to run errands. But if I'm on stage, it's a really glorious feeling. And um, I don't know, it makes me feel so strong and, and brave and empowered. It's like if someone who's an, as anxious as me could do it, like, I promise you could do it too. And, you know, I hope other people that maybe are anxious or nervous or, you know, just depressed or, you know, anything, if they could see that, you know, I could get in front of a stage and, and, and do what I do that um, hopefully it could encourage them to do it too, because it's possible. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a adrenaline rush, I guess, when you get up there, like you do That's things yeah, you, that you didn't know you were capable of. But remember, I also, every, like any performer has to remember to have fun, like, yes, be focused but have fun. I mean, you, you get one life. Just have fun. If this is what you want to do, why are you so stressed about it? Like, enjoy it. Enjoy people seeing your art, your, you know, your hard work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess if you really like, it shouldn't feel like work. Like, you should really enjoy it. Well, I mean, it'll be yeah. a lot of work, but, yeah, but, but it'll be playful. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, not to romanticize, you know, there's there's blood and sweat and tears that, that go into anything successful, really. Um, of course, you're going to have to rehearse and you're not always going to be excited to practice or to even perform. And I'm mostly, I mostly force myself lately, like maybe the past two months, if I'm writing or recording something I've been forcing myself I haven't felt inspired but life is just gonna pass me by if I'm just like ah, not tonight and then the next night it, it's just you know a vicious cycle um so yeah it's a balance of you have to be disciplined to a certain degree you are allowed to rest and take healthy breaks but um don't be so hard on yourself because if this is really what you want, then a certain amount of the journey has to be enjoyed as well as whatever your goal is. Yeah. And I, and I think like what you were saying uh, was that inspiration kind of comes to you intuitively. Like it's not something you can force. Yeah. I find that a lot of writers, um, it's crazy. Again, this is crazy because, you know, I follow these, these Twitter accounts and whatnot. And a lot of writers are just like, yeah, I've gone like seven weeks without writing anything. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, same. Like, oh my gosh, me too. Or, or yeah, I, I write like, you know, two sentences every three days, but there's comfort in seeing that you know, nobody is superhuman. People are could just be more disciplined than the next person. Um, but yeah, I deal with, I, I don't even, it's weird because sometimes when you're not writing or you're not doing the thing, you're more inspired to do it. But then once you start doing it, maybe, you know, you know, the serotonin, like, you know, you're not getting that. The, the thought of it is so strong, like it's in your head, this is how it's going to yeah. be. And then actually so like you could have a whole script 
like sometimes I, you know, like uh, I've written like a couple uh, short film scripts, but uh, like uh, there's one uh, there's like a series I wanted to start working on. I have like the whole series in my head, but like actually sitting down to yeah. write out the whole thing is like a different it's process. Not yeah. Romantic, is it? As in, yeah. oh no, it's, it's <laughs> in my head, but no. Of yeah, again, just start it and try to make yourself do a little more tomorrow and the next day but it's gonna happen there are going to be periods where you just you don't you just don't do much if anything and it's okay it's about finding the balance um but yeah there was a film that i wrote in january and i did the second draft in february it's october i haven't touched that thing I have not looked at that thing and I know it's not nearly where I want it to be. But again, I, I'm finding when I have the energy, my priorities lately like lie with my music um, or lay with my music. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Do you think that's because there's more of like an action with that? Like you can just do the music. You can record that and uh with the writing out the script like that's more just kind of solitary in a way i guess yeah that's a that's a interesting perspective because now that you say it yeah because i'm i'm creating the instantly these sounds and in a way i don't want to compare but in a way it's kind of easier to you know let me get my my sense in here and you know you know my drums and whatnot and that's like more instantly satisfying as opposed to let me spell check this scene. Um, yeah, I could definitely see that. So, you know, a lot of times we procrastinate because the thing we're going to do doesn't excite us. It's actually quite boring. So scrolling through TikTok is way more satisfying and fun and entertaining. Um, so that's interesting. I would definitely say, and I'm I'm okay with this fact, but yeah, music gives me a little bit more instant satisfaction um, than sitting down and maybe just writing something, re rewriting my script. But it's something that I've already completed so much of. I just don't, again, I have to discipline myself to to write that third draft. <laughs> Yeah, and it's interesting because social media has been good for promoting your art or if you have a show, promoting a show or, um, or promoting your music. But social media can also get you into that like instant satisfaction, like the likes and or like yeah. you watch a video and then you're not, then you're less motivated to just look for the, the long term. Social media is, uh, yeah, I'm kind of so tired of talking about it because everyone talks about it. Like, is it good or is it bad? Like, it's both. It's both. It's like anything. Too much of anything is bad and negative. I will say, Sean, at a certain <laughs> point during this pandemic, I, I actually said to myself, I'm addicted to Instagram. And it was this, I had to say it out loud to myself because I felt it because why am I looking at Instagram before I brush my teeth? Like saying it, like it disturbed <laughs> me, but um, it was something that I just, I still go on it for honestly a, a good couple of hours a day. 
but it's not nearly as bad as it got. And yeah, it was due to the circumstances, not working this and that. But if you, again, I had to discipline myself to, okay, Rachel, let's wait until 10 a.m. to go on. Okay, let's wait till 11 a.m. And sometimes I still find myself going on it, you know, when I'm in class or something, but then I just try to, I'm like, you know what, which is more important? And, you know, I, I try to put the phone down. Yeah, turning off notifications helps too. Yeah, but you know, my paranoid self is like, no, I'm going to miss, <laughs> my mom's going to call me and she's going to be like, Rachel, there's an emergency. And yeah, isn't that lovely? Yeah, that's how I think. But um, I actually have done that. Even yesterday, I spent the day just skating around Manhattan um, with my fiance, you know, just cruising. He wanted to buy Pokemon cards and I was barely on my phone. It's so weird how it feels so foreign to not be on your phone, but you're also realizing how good it feels too. So yeah, try to, if anyone's kind of struggling like me with minor phone addiction, if you go out and, and appreciate your surroundings or, or do something like that is really, that really interests you, you'll probably forget about your phone, believe it or not. And you don't have to take pictures of everything. You could take a mental picture, buddy. Like it's all good. Yeah. And if you're, if you're doing something like skateboarding with your phone, you can't really like look at social yeah, media while you're skateboarding. <laughs> What, what has been like the songwriting process? Like you, you, you work it out in the studio? Is it kind of like an improvised process? Yeah. Um, it's, um, I've lately been revisiting older songs because again, I haven't been that disciplined when it comes to writing as of lately. Um, but at first, um, let's say, Anthony makes a beat because sometimes I make beats, but usually when I'm going to rap on the song, he makes the beat because I just, I don't want to, you know, spread myself too thin. Um, again, I'm going to go with the feeling of the song. And if it makes me think of a song I wrote, I'm, I open up my Google Docs and I, I try to, you know, rap on the beat. And, you know, we feel it out and you have to be okay with editing out things that you could have sworn were perfect. Um, I started, there was a beat that he gave me and I really liked it. And it turned into, I, I at first wanted it to be a sexy song, but it turned into, because that day I had been hit on just by, you know, the, the soot of the earth, like these you know, just gross men that are saying just vulgar, nasty things to me. What else is new? But it was, it was, it affected me so much that even when I got home, I was thinking about it. So I just, I started writing about that and like how I would love to lash out at them. And I just started writing along those lines and it felt good because even though the song had a sexy beat, I, I did it from the perspective of, well, I'm going to pretend I'm seducing this man. I'm going to pretend I'm into it but I'm going to rip his head off at, at the back of an alley. So that was fun. And yeah, it had to do with my mood and, you know, you have to tweak it and rewrite it, but I recorded like a rough sound of it. 
So, you know, that's how that song came about. So uh, Anthony helps with the songwriting process too. And he's your fiance that produces. Yeah. Music, right? yeah. Yeah. So we met because I, 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 came here I I had tried several other studio I had tried to get in touch with several other studios and um none of them wanted me <laughs> and uh I'm grateful that they didn't for whatever reason because I came here and um his work ethic is impeccable and I've it's like a free music degree you know I'm giving my time but I've learned so much by watching him and mimicking him. And then uh, when I have a space to myself, I make my own stuff. I still let him, even though I make some beats I've made totally independently, like Torture was the first beat I made completely my own without him touching a damn thing. And you use Pro Tools to do it or how does um, it use, uh We use Logic Pro, Logic Pro X. And... Um, yeah, we just got all these dope plugins, and yeah, we, we we bought a lot over over the pandemic. I mean, we're still in the pandemic, but you know, the worst part of it. And um, yeah, so there's so much. It's I get a little overwhelmed at times. Right now, the plugin that I I use all the time is called Omnisphere, and it's these dark sounds, these haunting sounds, these deep basses. Um, so that's super fun. Anyone who uses it, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but I, I still have him mix and master my music. If I've made the beat, you know, I'm not ready to mix and master a song yet. But I'm, I'm very proud to, you know, put together my own uh, instrumental. On my birthday, actually, back in May, we released a song that we made together called Destiny, and it was fun. Like I made the intro he made like the 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 second part of it excuse me and then i i made the the second drop and then he he made the last part and he mixed and mastered it and it, it's such a cool song um it's actually one of my our more successful songs and it was just cool he he was really the first artist that i really collaborated with but now i have people asking me to make them beats and um someone asked me to remix their song and it's it's I, it's really cool uh I, I, yeah it's just really cool for someone to be like hey i like you enough that i want you to do this for me when you do it live i guess you would just play the instrumental track of what you recorded and then sing over yeah so um when i perform live uh, I like to use my voice live. There are arguments where, you know, you should at least have the hook um, from the original track playing, which, yes, that does help uh, familiarize the crowd with how the song actually sounds. And, you know, when they look it up at home, it doesn't sound entirely different. Um, personally, whenever I've performed, I've done it all live. But now my stuff is more electronic, so I would have to bring more physical equipment. And, you know, I would kind of want to remake the beat live. Um, I've gotten some invites for, like, live streams and live shows. Honestly, my heart's not into it. <laughs> I, I really oh, Like a Zoom performance, you mean? Yes. Like, um, yeah. A handful of them. And I don't know. Honestly, uh, I I just, I think to myself, I... I 
I'll wait till. It's not the same. Uh, yeah, like, um, book me for a festival. I'll, I'll do that. I don't know. Like, I'm, beggars can't be choosers. Um, but right now I'm okay with just being an online musician. And I already have a lot on my plate. Like, I'm back in school right now. And I'm okay with not performing right now. I'm still practicing my craft, working on my delivery and whatnot. Um, I don't know. I might do one, uh, but so far I, I haven't felt like I should. Yeah, but, but is something missing without having an audience to work off of, like just doing it in a <laughs> studio? Or? I mean, yeah, that's probably it. Maybe it's also, maybe it, uh, the idea of it is a little awkward to me. I did a couple of Zoom plays uh, over, um, you know, a few months ago. And <laughs> it's just not the same. I'm happy, I was happy to do it, but you know, it's, I, I can't celebrate with my cast afterwards. I, I can't hear if the audience laughed at, at my delivery or if they thought I was super unfunny. And it, it's nice to be, to affect an audience. And I don't like not being able to know what they're experiencing. Yeah, it's probably harder to get into character talking to people through a screen too. Um, I, I knew the character well enough and I had already performed it upstate to get into it. But yeah, it was, there's just some, a bit of uh, humor that you have to find in it because I, I, I put up a green screen and I'm supposed to be a security guard in the hotel lobby and there's just you know there's just my top half acting my heart out but you know I, I I'm trained in theater I want to be up and moving and I want to hear the uh, you know the audience reacting and you know them chewing their candy and and anything I just want to be affected by people it's like doing a monologue as compared to working with someone else in a way it's almost like if you've ever been on an audition, it's kind of that feeling. Like you perform with no feedback. It's kind of like, did, did you hate it? Yeah. You know, should I, should I pray that you call me back? It, that's what it kind of feels like. And then you don't learn as much because you're not taking in as much like constructive criticism or they're not telling me you know, how you could do it differently and stuff like that. To be honest, if I were to do a live show, let's say, God forbid, there's no live music by spring of next year, I would love to put together a show where I rent out a space and, you know, a few people can be there in the audience, six feet apart. I could perform, we could have someone, you know, some multiple cameras set up and then it could live stream. That's actually something that the artist I like, Sev Deliza, did. That's something I would want to do. I just, I, I like the idea of having full creative control if it's going to be online. Um, if it's someone else's venue, yeah. But I don't, I don't really like the idea of, of someone running some Zoom, you know, and yeah. I, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth here because, you know, watch some opportunity come my way and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so lit. <laughs> but just so far, the, the, the ones that, um, uh, have come my way. Um, I don't know. I, I just would rather do it in real life. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it could be different 
like just performing your music like to an audience that's watching and like working with other actors through yeah, Zoom I mean, too. Yeah. I mean, this is why I can never do a long distance relationship. It's like, can you be here in person? I don't want to just see you on FaceTime. Like, yeah. Yeah. Then they aren't a part of like your day to day life. Yeah. They're kind of like there. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm just that kind of person. I, I spent way too many years of my life separated from society. If I'm going to do something, I, yeah. I want to feel like I'm I'm in that world. Yeah, yeah. You're ta- and I know you're talking about, because uh, you mentioned, I think it was the last interview, like being homeschooled. And, yeah. Yeah. Growing up with uh, really strict parents, <laughs> uh, waiting until I was 13 to try to listen to music, finally going to school in seventh grade, not knowing how the world worked, thinking it was just like the movies. Yeah, all of that, all of that. I feel like I've told so many people that story, but. And then performing let you be more spontaneous, I guess. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people are just so confused when, uh, you know, for years, Sean, I didn't tell anyone that I wanted to be uh, an actor because I felt like it was my secret to keep and I felt like I didn't want to be judged for it and I also didn't want people when you dream something as insane as wanting to be a movie star a lot of people are just going to put out negative energy and you know they could they could just be hateful towards you and I've gotten that from family members that basically tell me I ain't shit <laughs> and you know, th- that's why I was so afraid for so many years when I finally started telling friends when I was freaking 20, I'd be like, oh yeah, I want to be an actress. They'd be like, what? But you're so quiet, but you're so this, but you're so that. And it's like, yeah, so what? What does that matter? Is there is there a no. certain profile I need to fit in, in order to want to be an, an actress, a singer? What the heck? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think and I think a lot of like actors and performers actually are kind of quiet outside of performing. Think about yeah. Adam Driver, who's just freaking genius. He's the most he doesn't even watch himself on screen. And I'm not to compare myself, but I I get too anxious watching other people watch me. Like I'll watch something I did in you know with myself so I could react. Um um, and also sometimes I'm too worried about how people perceive me, but he is someone that he does these incredible performances and apparently never watches his work and he's outstanding. And yes, he's, a, he, he, you know what I mean? Are, are people telling him oh, what's wrong with you? Watch your work. This probably, probably, but it's like, why do you have to just be this, this larger than life character, you know, just, what is the mold to fit? I don't understand. Yeah. yeah, I mean, people come from all different walks of life and are driven to do similar things for different reasons. So. And some of the best are the quiet ones. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of actors that feel that way about not wanting to see themselves. Um, I mean, it, it is weird for me to like look at myself. I've been in a few short films. I, I don't mind listening to my show, but like, it's weird yeah. if I was listening to my show, my podcast with like someone else in the room. But um, yeah, yeah, I've gotten used to seeing myself like on film though a bit, but still a bit weird. Good for you. I mean, I guess I'm getting a little more used to it. I definitely enjoy 
um, listening to my music more than actually watching my music videos or watching myself act because I'm always going to think, oh, I could have done that differently or, oh, uh, you know, maybe my mom doesn't approve, you know, like, uh, yeah. it's just, again, life's too short. Let, let's just like enjoy what we do. Let's, let's, and, and if we only enjoyed making it and, and we don't want to watch it afterwards, our own work, that's okay too, because you already did the thing that you love. You don't have to, you know, dig into your ego and, and, and watch yourself do it again. Yeah. If somebody else gets enjoyment out of it, then it was all worth all the while. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Any final thoughts or things you'd like to say before we wrap up? Oh, well, um, whoever listened, thank you. Um, yeah. Uh, let's get through this year. Um, let's, try to make a better tomorrow for ourselves because just because it turns 2021 not everything's going to magically change let's be the light in the world let's continue being brave and making choices and believe in yourself you don't need out outside reassurance to do what you want to do before you die just do it damn it yeah definitely and the, and the best place to follow you is like a leave a scar Yes, on Instagram, it's at leave a scar with two R's. Facebook is leave a scar. And Twitter is leave a scar with three R's. TikTok is leave a scar. You've been listening to BSing with Sean Kay on Radio Free Brooklyn. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Rachel Navarro. And check out her music project, Leave a Scar, L-E-A-V-E-A. S-C-A-R on Spotify and if you want to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer please download our mobile app it's in the iPhone store or the Android app store uh, wherever you get your apps and you can listen to it on the go and also if you want to donate go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate and if you want to sign up for our newsletter, RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. And I'm on Spotify, iTunes. I'm on Radio Free Brooklyn's Monday 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. That's about it for this episode. Thank you for listening to BSing with Sean K. and Radio Free Brooklyn. And your support keeps Radio Free Brooklyn going. I'll catch you on the next one. BSing with. Who? BSing with. What? BSing with.